So last week we, we started this series on uh, the, the book or the letter from Paul to the Colossians. And uh, as, we, um, as we started it, I want you to think about the premise of, uh, if you're a regular attendee or you know, you, you're here at Living Word Chapel, uh, you know that the theme for 2023 is uh, the basis of truth and truth that we find in, in God's word. Um, and looking at everything in our, in our world through, through the lens of, of, of God's truth that's found in Jesus. So that's the whole premise. That, the reason that's important for us to even start uh, our, my, my conversation with you is because uh, there is a lot of voices that are desiring your allegiance every day that you wake up. And not only you, but, but your children and your grandchildren. And uh, schools are a, a lot different than what they were 20 years ago. And uh, uh, just society is, is, is saying things that, uh, in my opinion, in my estimation, I believe through, through Scripture, are, are things that are so off uh, from what we understood uh, when I was growing up. And so Colossians helps us because what you need to know about this, this, this church in Colossae was this church was very young. It was a very young church. It, just, it had just been launched. And we learned last week that it was launched by this, this follower of Christ named Epaphras, right? And he, uh, the Apostle Paul, had, he had made such an impact in, in Asia uh, through the preaching in Ephesus that it, it, this gospel was going out all over the place and, and changing people's lives. And remember last week, uh, we, we talked about there's a, there's a confident hope for those who trust in Jesus Christ. And, and you understand that, that what you're living in in the present, no matter how good it is or how bad it is, there's something better waiting for us. Amen. And it talks about it being reserved for us in, in where? In heaven. It's not reserved for us in the White House. It's not, re- I would think with me, it's not reserved for you in, 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 a, uh, in a resort. It's not reserved for you uh, in places where you think you're going to find uh, your, your peace and your joy and your happiness. Even marriage. I just did a beautiful wedding uh, um, yesterday or day before. And in that wedding, it, it, was, it, was, it was glorious. Uh, but, but you're not going to find everything you need in, in, in marriage. You're going to find it in God. And, and so that's got to be the premise. And Jesus teaches us that in his word. So it's this confident hope that we have through our faith in, in Christ, which really uh, is, is something that you can't have outside of Jesus. But it also produces love for each other. And, and we saw that from the very beginning of his letter. And how many of you need love, God's love, for other people? Because our love kind of falls short, right? People have a way of kind of messing that up. Not, not you guys, but, you know, I can't say second service because they're watching this video. Not you, second service, <laughs> but the other people. And, and so God produces this love for us because all, every person comes in with baggage, 
We walk in the doors of a church or we walk in the doors of a small group where we walk in the doors where we meet a Christian and, and they share the good news with us and we put our faith because we're, we're lost. There's an emptiness that we have in our hearts and our souls and you know you need something, but what you need is someone. You need Jesus. And so you put your faith in him, but you come into this new faith walk with baggage. And we all, put our, we all put our best faces, right? You come to church and you dress up with your Sunday best. You know, I have my Sunday best, my sneakers and all that stuff. And, and, and so you walk in and, and you, want for peop- you want to present your best. But the reality is there's a lot more to James Reese than what you see. I've got, I've got layers of stuff that God is working on me on. Amen? And that's throughout our lives. So, so there's a love that the Holy Spirit produces that we can share to others. We can reciprocate his love to others. And, and, and this is the confident hope that we have. It's also this confident hope of Christ changing our individual lives, giving us a life for his people. Uh, it's worth sharing with others. We see in Colossians that Epaphras taught the church in Colossae the good news. He shared the gospel. And they received the gospel. And how many of you are benefactors because of someone sharing the gospel with you? In fact, there's someone here today that you're here and people have been sharing the gospel with you this weekend. And, that, and you think, man, I'm hearing a lot about Jesus. This, this is a lot about Jesus. But, but really, God has set it up so that you can hear the good news. And, and I really believe that your heart's being stirred. You may be watching online and, and, and you've heard a lot about Christ and, and your heart's being stirred and that's because you know, God is, is setting you up for, for this wonderful, wonderful relationship that he has for you. It's worth sharing. It's also a, a confident hope that's worth investing in. Amen, the, the scriptures are worth your investment. On, on Tuesday and then on Thursday in our Real Men and Route 66, you know, we, were, we were digging deeper into our study last week. And, uh, and as we were studying, you could just see people's faces change, their countenance changing because the Word of God changes our lives. And this is good news. This is not about how bad you are. This is about how good God is. You know, the, the, the reality, even, even when, I, when I heard uh, Leonard talking about, you know, when we take communion and, and the Lord's Supper and we examine ourselves, and, and when you come to the table of the Lord, none of us come perfect. It's not like if we come and say, okay, give me, give me the bread. Give, give, me the fruit of the, give me the fruit of the, the, fruit of the vine. Give, give me it because look at me, I've arrived. We're not, we, we go there with a humble heart. And we say, Lord, you're so good. You're so gracious. You're so merciful. You're so compassionate. You love me so much that I can, you allow for me to come to the table. And sit there and partake of your goodness. Amen? And so we invest into the word and the word changes our lives. See, if you're not in the word of, of, of God, you're not in the word of truth. And so you're going to be hearing all these different voices. You're going to be hearing all these different philosophies. And if you don't filter that with truth and invest into that, you're going to be led astray. You're going to live a defeated life. And so... It's a confident hope that's worth investing in. And it's also a confident hope worth experiencing. See, he opens up and he says something just, uh, just amazing. He says that you were once in the, lived in the domain of darkness, but God rescued you through Jesus and he transferred you into the kingdom of God's beloved son. 
And so where I used to live, the person that I used to be, I'm not that person anymore. I don't live there anymore. I, I, I'm not defined by my past. I'm not defined by the worst thing that I've done. I'm defined through what Jesus has done for me. And, and if you don't experience that, then you're going to experience defeat. And if you don't know how good God is, you're going to view God in a way that he's just looking for you to make a mistake so he can hit you over the head with a, with a sledgehammer. That's not God. God the Father loved you so much that the sledgehammer came on his son. And Jesus on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He said that for you. When you think, oh, I'm being forsaken, I'm going through so much trouble. No, no, God's not forsaken you. His son took your punishment so that we could walk in his glory. He took, he took the, the, the hurt that we should get. He took it for us so that we could walk in his, in his, in his attributes and his goodness. And so we, we learned that. And, and today, I want to move from the confident hope into the supremacy of, of Jesus Christ. Jesus is supreme over everything. When you sing Jesus, King of Kings, Jesus, when you say his name, great things happen. When you say the name of Jesus, demons begin to shake. When you say the name of Jesus, your circumstances begin to change. Your fears begin to leave. Your anxieties begin to fade away. Your hopelessness turns into hope. And so Paul, he transitions and gives us a better view of who Christ is. Verse 15, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. And we will be going through verse 23. This is God's word. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. Amen? He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. Someone say amen, amen, if you believe that to be true. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things that we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. There are things behind the veil that we don't see, but God sees. There's the angelic realm. There's the demonic realm. There's a battle going on for, for not only for your soul, but for the souls of your loved ones. And God knows that. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. So if your life is in the hands of Jesus Christ, he has your back. If your life is in his hands, you will know that there's purpose in whatever you're going through. Christ is also the head of the church, verse 18, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God, and oh my goodness, that was me. 
Those of you that were far away from God, those of you that thought there was no hope, those of you that thought you've done too much, God can never save you. Oh, yes, he can through Jesus. His plan was so big. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Oh, I thank the Lord that nobody in first service has ever had an evil thought. <laughs> Especially no evil actions, right? Verse 22. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his, what kind of a body? Physical body. So it was not a spirit that went to the cross. It was a physical body. Jesus became like us. The beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Right? Everything was made through him, and nothing was made without him. John said, we've seen his glory. Yet as a result, he has brought you into his presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Do you notice he says this to the Colossians before he ever says how to live their life? We're going to go into how the actions, but he wants to establish them in the faith. You need to know that your holiness is not by what you do, it's by what he's done for you. It's by you trusting in him, and the blood of Christ cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And so you're holy and blameless. So when you come before the Father, you can come to him in confidence because you've been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. Are you with me? It changes your position. You come to him as father and not as, as a servant. 23, but you must continue to behave in this truth. Help me out. Believe. See, we hear that in church. If you behave a certain way, if you do this, if you dress a certain way, if you act a certain way, then you're a Christian. No, 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 no. You believe that Jesus paid it all. If you believe this truth, if you continue to believe it, if you continue to stand on, on what Jesus has done for you, it'll change your life forever. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. So we are establishing the fact that Jesus is supreme. Why? Does it matter? Why does it matter? Let me give you some takeaways. It matters because Jesus Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. When people say, I don't, I don't know who God is, just look to Jesus. What is God like? Just look to Jesus. I, I, I need to know what the Father is like. Just look to Jesus. Jesus, John 14, uh, verse 6, after Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through, through me. And then Philip says, Lord, just show us the Father, and that will be great with us. We'll be happy. Just show us the Father. That's all we want. And Jesus says to him, Philip, have I not been with you long enough? If you've seen me, you have seen the Father. He didn't say I was the that I am the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Every attribute of the Father is in me. So now the Apostle Paul, who comes later, he's writing to the church in Colossae, which in turn is, is coming to the church in Oracle. It's coming to the church in, in, uh, in Kearney. 
is coming to the church in uh, people that are watching online from wherever you're watching, and he's confirming the words of Jesus, and he says, Christ, Paul writing, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He, Jesus, existed before anything was created. He, Jesus, is supreme over all creation. For, for through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. How important is this to your life? If you could know who the Father is, how important is that to your life? I, I, I'll never forget, I was talking to my grandmother after I came to Christ. And I remember, for those of you that don't know this, um, I was the first born-again Christian in my lineage. In my whole family, in my whole family tree, there was not a born-again Christian in my lineage. I came from a life of uh, a family tree of, of a lot of people that had re religion, but they didn't have faith in Jesus, and their lives represented that. So there was a lot of unfaithfulness, there was a lot of drunkenness, there was a lot of drugs. And I'll never forget when I gave my life to Christ that my grandmother, my mom's mom, we had a conversation and she was talking about one of, my, one of her grandsons, my cousin, and, and she said, you know, that, 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 um, that Carlos, he came to me, and she's talking to me in Spanish. She said, he came to me and he said, he said this, he said, Grandma, there's only one thing that I, that I want. There's only one thing that I want to know. There's only one thing that I want for my life. I want to know God. This is the same guy that is, he got caught in drugs, got caught up in drugs and, and all these things. I had a conversation with him and he said, you know, he, you know James, he said, the reason that, that me and, and, and your brother and, and my dad are in such bad shape, the reason that we're like this is because we've hurt so many people. He said, this is the same guy that at, at, a, young, at a young age, that's why VBS is so important. At a young age, he said to my grandmother, all I want to know is I, wa I want to know God. It's the same person that went through a checkpoint between Las Cruces, New Mexico, and Demi, New Mexico. Border Patrol, checklist, I mean checkpoint. And he, he had uh, drugs on him, and he swallowed two eight balls, or three eight balls, and he ended up dying from that. It's the same person, and all he wanted to know was to know God. You can know God. Through Jesus. He is the visible personification of God the Father. He is your answer. He is the one that will change your life. Jesus, as he's praying to the, to the Father in John 17, he, he prays this. He says, O righteous Father... The world doesn't know you. This is so important right here. The world doesn't know you, but I do. And, though, and these disciples know that you sent me. I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. And so Jesus is talking to, to, to the Father, and he's having this dialogue, and he's saying, Lord, thank you for allowing me to reveal who you are to people. And those disciples changed the world. 
Those disciples changed their families. Those disciples changed their communities because they came to know the living God through Jesus Christ. That's your starting point, beloved. Your starting point is getting to know Jesus because then you'll know God. And until you know Jesus, you won't know God. And and the more that you know Jesus, the more God you know, the less you know Jesus, the less God you know. I was thinking about this this week. You can't give, you can't give out what you don't have yourself. You can't give love if you don't have love. Where do you find love? In Jesus. God so loved you that he gave his son so that you wouldn't perish, but that you would have everlasting life. So you would have peace that surpasses all understanding. You find that in Jesus Christ. Now, here's the second takeaway that we find in this, in this amazing passage. Everything finds its purpose and meaning in and through Jesus Christ. This is such a biggie because everyone is looking for the meaning and purpose of life. Well, why is this happening? What is this all about? What is, what is my life? Is it counting for anything? And if Christ is supreme over everything, it teaches me that I cannot find my true meaning outside of him. If he's over the, the problems that I'm facing, then that, that means that I can find meaning and purpose in the problem. Have you read Job? Anyone read Job? And you read this narrative about this guy that his life was going fantastic, but behind the veil there was a conversation going on and the, and, and the devil was going before God And he was saying, the only reason that this guy is so happy and serving you is because everything's going wonderful and you protect his life. And God gave the devil permission. Imagine that. God gave the devil permission to go and uh, uh, afflict Job, afflict his family. And Job didn't understand what was going on in his life, but God did. And he was working faith in Job. He was working trust in Job. He was allowing for his friends because his friends came around him and his friends at first listened to him. They felt really bad for Job. And after a while, after they saw him and heard him, they said, well, you know what? After we think about it, it's probably something you did. Now, now, now hear me. This is important to you because sometimes you're thinking in your life, is it something that I did or is there something behind the veil? Is there something that I, not only what you did or what I did not do? Because a lot of times we think I haven't done enough. But there's, there's a lot going on behind the veil of, of our lives. There's a lot of things going on that we don't see. And so these friends of, uh, these friends of, of, of Job, you know, they, 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 they begin to, to bring these accusations toward Job and and they be, began to say, Job, they're, they're, you're not seeing things right. And, and Job was just wrestling through what he was going through. It's kind of like last night I went and, and I, uh, I went to, um, <clears throat> my daughter is here right, right now. It's, it was, it's her birthday today. She'll be here second service. So happy birthday, Cass. Um, she came from Las Cruces, New Mexico. And so she's, she's celebrating here. But we went and spent some time with family, and there's a, there's a dear brother in Christ that's, that's uh, in, in her family, and uh, he served uh, as a, um, 
sergeant for Pinal County Sheriff Department. And uh, very, very loyal, very, very good. He loves Jesus. And recently he had, a, he's through, through an illness, he had to have a part of his foot amputated. And so I went and, I, and, I, and he was there. And, and as we, we spent time together, my heart just broke because he's healing. And, and sometimes we don't understand why these things happen. He loves God. And he's trying to navigate through it as well. And I, and I, and I went, after, before I came, uh, before I went home, I, I said, bro, do you mind if I pray with you? And, and I said, I just want you to know that, that, that I, I don't know why you're going through this, but I'm here to tell you that I want to stand with you and I know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. You, you see, he, here's, what, here's what Paul, Paul writes. He said, he made, he made, Christ made the things that you can see and the things that we can't see. Think about that, beloved. There, there's thrones, there's kingdoms, there's rulers, there's authorities in the unseen world. There are, there are things behind the veil that we don't see those circumstances that you face. And, and, and how many times do people blame God for what's going on in their life when it's not God's fault? But God is working in every circumstance, in every detail, every situation in your life. God will never waste a hurt. He'll never waste a prognosis. He'll never waste a condition he will always glorify his name if you trust him. He may not give you an explanation. He doesn't need to. He's God. But if we trust him, he's working behind the veil. Not only does he know what's going on behind the veil, he created those things that are behind the veil. The, the, the psalmist put it like this, and it teaches me that nothing is hidden from God. The psalmist said, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there, God. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in, even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. And there may be someone in here today or someone that's watching and you're running from God and God's plan for you is so great and you're running from God, where are you going to run? Your circumstances are speaking to you that you need God. The peace that you're missing is saying to you, you need God. The joy that you're trying to grasp and can't grasp is telling you that you need God. And what that, 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 that psalmist, what, what he teaches me is that no matter where I'm at, God is there. And in the darkest of places, God is there and he's my light. 
And in the hardest of circumstance, God is there. You know, whether, whether I've got to deal with the grave or I've got to deal with things that are outside of the grave, God is there. And you'll find your meaning in life when you understand that. When you understand that God is present. God, where are you? I can't feel you. I can't hear you. He's speaking to us through his word. Do, do you see that his scriptures, they, they, they speak into every part of our life? Do you see that Jesus being the, the, the centrality of, 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 of our existence, that when he's there, that you're anchored in what matters? That, that he knows suffering, he knows difficulties, he knows abandonment, he also knows celebrations, he knows joys. And every aspect of our life from our present time of us getting to know Jesus until the last day that we breathe our last and we keep walking with Christ, that if you can keep Jesus as a focal point, as your focus in life, you will always find meaning and purpose. You'll always find that he is present. You see, I, I can't overcome my inadequacies without Jesus. My biggest inadequacy before I came to Christ was speaking in front of people. God has a sense of humor. But in everything that you're facing right now, Jesus is the answer. I love the way the message paraphrase puts it. Uh, Eugene Peterson did a good job. He says, we look at, the, we look at this sun and see the, see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun, Jesus, and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank, after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. When I, when I get to seasons in life, and, and all of us get there, when, when I question the purpose and meaning of my life, I need to default to Jesus. You know the hard things? The, the, the hard things are the ones that, that you don't even know if you're going to make it through the day. In those times, we need Jesus. When your kids or your grandkids or, or, or your spouse and, or whoever, those very close people, when they're doing things that, that, are, that are toxic, there's toxicity in their life, or, and, then, and there's you know, things that are that's hurting them, and then because they're hurting them and it hurts you, you need to go back to Jesus. Because you're not the answer. I'm not the answer. See, I'm not the answer. All I'm doing is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. You know who the answer is? Jesus. 
And, and we begin to, to, to find, we get, begin to find our, our meaning and our purpose in Christ. And then you begin to, to, to go through those, 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 those triumphal times and victory. And then you go through those difficult times and, and you find your strength and you get stronger in your faith because of Jesus. And, and Jesus is continually lead us, leading us down a road in our lives. And then you find out that the church matters. The church matters. Because, see, the supremacy of Christ teaches us that the church matters. The church is not a building. This is not the church. This is not the church. You know what the church is? See, see, God's powerful plan for the church is found only in Jesus Christ. It's not found in a pastor. That's why pastors fall and they fail because people elevate them. Oh, my pastor. Oh, oh, this Christian leader. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, I know that. And a bag of chips, as my wife always says. And the reality is that we serve one person. His name is Jesus Christ. If I stay faithful to the word of truth, this, this, this message will change your life. Amen? Look at what it says right here. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his, say it with me, his what? His body. So Christ is the head. Every one of you that has named Jesus as Lord are the body of Christ. And every single person is important to Christ. Just like every part of my body is important to me. My fingernails are important. My, my, my fingers on my hand, everyone is important. My pinky is important. My ring finger is important. My middle finger, I'm not going to point it. <laughs> this middle finger says a, lot, says a lot, but it can get you in a lot of trouble by himself. The pointing finger, right? The pointing finger is important. The thumb is important. The palm is important. Your metacarpals are important. Your knuckles are important. Whew. And we're just starting. That's, that's who you are. The body of Christ matters. And when we, be, we, when we begin to understand just how, just how vital <clears throat> the church is. Let me, let me say this. Okay, let's go back. up to the. I did a wedding the other day. Beautiful wedding. What was the premise of the wedding? For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Genesis chapter 2. That's a basis of, 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 that's a foundation of society. That's how society is healthy. For this reason, a man, male, will leave his father, male, and his mother, female, and cleave to his wife, female, and the two will become one. Then they will pro, uh, procreate, and they'll have children, and then families grow, and you have extended families, and then you have communities. And if, as long as God is the center, then good things happen. Amen? Amen? So, so Jesus comes around, and, and they tell Jesus, they, 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 the, the, the religious leaders, they want, to, they want to trap him. And they say to him, well, Moses gave, gave the people, the men... Uh, the ability to, have a, to just give a certificate of divorce. And, and Jesus said, Moses gave you that because of the evilness of your hearts. 
And then, and then Jesus said, these are Jesus' words. He says, but from the very beginning, God said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That's Jesus. Okay, then the apostle Paul comes around, and he's teaching in marriage in Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. And he says, husbands, he says, wives, you need to respect your husbands, because that's what every, every man needs is what? Respect. Guys will fight for respect. I don't know if you know this, but guys will fight for respect. Guys will say things like this. Don't disrespect me. Don't. Don't disrespect me, homie. He says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. To your own husbands. Because the worst thing that we can do is in, in a marriage, is, is the worst thing that my wife can do is say, well, you know, I, I wish you were more like Johnny. You know, Johnny does this in the yard. He does this. I'm not Johnny. Right? So to your own husbands. Respect your own husbands. That's important. And then to, to the husbands, he said this. Husbands, you need to love your wife. What's the one thing that every woman needs? Every wife needs. What do they need? Not what they want. They want to go to Zales. They want to, they want, we want a lot of stuff. But what do they need? They need love, right? Young girls will go and they'll cross the boundaries that they've set for someone to love them. Did you know that? But here, here's, here's what I'm getting. This is not a talk on marriage. This is, this is but it, it, it correlates. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he's, writing to, he's speaking to us too. And he says, marriage is like this. The parallel is we, we respect or we submit to our husbands as to the Lord. Okay? So the parallel is marriage being uh, the, the Lord and the church is paralleled with a husband and a wife. That's how important the church is to God. The church is called the bride of Christ. That's how important you are to God. He gave his life for you. He died for you. To Peter, Peter said, you... you you are the Christ. You, you are who you say you are. And then, and then Jesus said this in Matthew 16, verse 8. He says, I say to you that you're Peter, which means rock. And he changed his name to rock. And upon this rock, I will build my, my church. And the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now, that's important right there. The, the church will always stand because the church is not a building. The church is not a denomination. The church is not an institution. The church is the body of Christ. One, one more scripture to help us. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, now all glory, all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think and glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through every generation forever 
and ever. The church matters. Christ being supreme matters because the church begins to matter. Amen? Let me say this. The church is the changing agent of every society. All the things that are going on in our world, all the things that, are, that, 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 that need to be changed and transformed, that will come through the power of the church in Jesus. Are you with me? The after-school program that we are about to launch in August after we go through all the red tape, go through all the licensing, all the things that, that, that we're navigating forward, the reason for that is because we want to pour into children the things that are not being poured into them in schools. Are you with me? The church matters. The, the fifth thing that I want us to take away, and then we're going to be closing. Your faith in Jesus Christ is everything. And the same could be said about your lack of faith in Jesus Christ is everything. What, what we believe about Jesus will will really transfer into the way we live with Jesus. What, what I want for us to take away right now, it's not a one-time faith. It's not like I believed 20 years ago. It's about active faith. It's about faith that progresses through the difficulties of life. And how many of you have had challenges and things that have come at your faith Anyone ever had a year, you've had that year, or maybe the week, you've had that week where your faith has been tested? Anyone? Yeah, look, look, at, look at what, what Paul says in verse 23. You must continue to believe this truth. And as you continue to believe this truth, you must stand in this truth. So that you're not moved and you're not blown through the winds of doctrine, the false teaching, the counterfeit truth that are going to come into your life over and over and over. So that you're not drifted away from the assurance. There's an assurance that we can have in Christ. There's an assurance that Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. But you've got to continue to believe. You've got to continue to, to just trust him. The, the writer of Hebrews put it like this. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. How many of you are holding on to Jesus right now? With everything that's going on, you're holding on to, to Jesus because he's faithful. The apostle Paul, after he lived out his life, he said, I have, I have fought the good fight. Remember what I said about respect? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Beloved, let me tell you something. There are things that happen in our life that try to test you, that try to keep you from believing. But do not stop believing. You've heard this message. Don't stop believing over and over and over again. Now there is a, in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all who have longed 
for his appearing. Jesus is your answer. Jesus is God. He's everything you need. He's the only way that you will be able to see what error looks like when you know the truth. The truth will set us free. I'm going to say a prayer right now, so I'd just like for everyone to, if you don't mind, bow your heads. And, and I just believe that God has, has spoken to, to someone today. And, and you're at a place in your life, maybe a crossroad, and God brought you here to Living Word Chapel. And what's at stake is the victory that you can have in God through Jesus Christ or a defeated life that, that, that we've been living without God and Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you to, to, to say yes to Jesus. I want to invite you to, um, to allow for him to become the centerpiece of your life the foundation of your life. It's a, just a simple prayer. I'm going to pray this prayer, and if, if, if you connect with this prayer, if you say, this, that's me, then, then make Jesus your Lord. It's simple. God, I, I come to you today, Lord. I, I come to you not with fancy words or religiosity. I come to you as, as a real person who, who needs you, Lord. In fact, I've, I've found that I am, uh, I'm lost without you. I admit that I'm a sinner. My life reveals that to me daily, Lord God. I fall short. But I believe that, Jesus, you're the answer. I believe you're the Savior of mankind. Lord, I believe that you went to the cross and died for all my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said you would. And so today, I, I confess Jesus Christ. If this is you, just say, I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you, if you look at me and if you prayed that prayer, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I, I prayed that prayer. I'm trusting in Jesus and I see those hands coming up. Amen. I see your hand in the back. Nothing greater than that is putting your trust in Jesus. But now you, put, you activate that faith and you live it out. And someone needs to, to know this as I, as I begin to walk off the, the platform you need to know this, that, that God will never force himself on anybody. He's too good. But he will, if you invite him, he will come into your life and change you. I, I say that because he did it for me. I say that because I've seen what he's done in other people. That invite is for you. And this life of peace and joy is real. And you can own it. Or you can push it away. He's good. And so are you. God bless you.